the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Lifeline with Craig Roberts. He's the host of Northern California's longest-running conservative talk show. He's a man with a message, a conservative with compassion. He's Lifeline's own Craig Roberts. Thank you, sir, and uh, good afternoon to you. Welcome to the Thursday, 21st of January edition of Lifeline. Craig Roberts is the good man mentioned, uh, spending some time with you today, keeping you company from now until 7 o'clock, addressing issues that impact your life and your world. Much, of course, with the changes going on in the world, Washington, D.C., and elsewhere, that uh, ultimately impacts all of our lives. We'll spend some time today talking about it. Coming up a little bit later on in the program with the change in administration, what does Wall Street think of all of this? Even as we've heard rumors about the potentiality of increases on things like corporate taxes, um, perhaps uh, capital gains taxes may go up. Who knows what all? Is it practical in the middle of a pandemic? What about the fact that the new administration takes over with a nearly $30 trillion federal debt? Lots to break down. Pat Fatucci will join us coming up later on in the program tonight to take a look at the world of money and uh, where things very well may be headed in the coming year. Well, also, as tomorrow marks the 48th anniversary of the tragic Roe v. Wade and Doe v. Bolton decisions making abortion legal in America. There's going to be a um, gathering at Franco Gawa Plaza in front of City Hall in Oakland tomorrow. Our dear friend Reverend Walter Hoy will join us to give us all the details. And then um, speaking of the 48th anniversary of Roe v. Wade, it also places with a change in administrations into the spotlight questions regarding things such as Title X funding for abortion, the controversial ping-pong Mexico City policy, and more. We'll get a look at all of that with Brian Johnston from the National Right to Life Committee coming up tonight at 5 Forty-five. As we lead off this evening, you know, the issue of free speech has very much been in the news over the last many weeks in the wake of, um, well, organizations like uh, Twitter, YouTube, taking down the, um, the accounts of former President Trump and the broader questions of the issue of freedom of speech in America. Now, certainly historically, in the 1960s and 70s, the free speech movement on college and university campuses was driven by anti-Vietnam War sentiment. Well, there's been a shift now. In the 2000s, we see a move to, well, protect some free speech for some, but not so much for others. Specifically, trying to silence conservative expression while enshrining liberal thought. Let's get a look at some of the challenges perhaps ahead. We're joined by constitutional lawyer, the founder and president of the Pacific Justice Institute, Brad Dacus, to tell us more. And understand, Brad, that the Foundation for Individual Rights in Education has already, in the short 24 hours that Joe Biden has been president, communicated with the administration <coughs> Pardon me, regarding their concerns over freedom of expression 
on campuses, particularly so as it relates to folks on the conservative side of the aisle? Well, you're, you're absolutely correct. This is not a minor issue. This is a major civil rights issue. I, I would have to say that uh, there has never been a more direct threat to free speech and the and expression of ideas and exchange of ideas uh, ever in any of our lifetimes. Uh, this is something that uh, could uh, really reshape society when you're able to virtually cut off uh, a whole segment of society's ability to communicate in the way that we communicate, which is uh, predominantly through institutions like Twitter and Facebook and YouTube, etc. Um, it's, it's a, a huge, huge threat and also uh, will have a, an impact in a major way on the uh, direction of our country. Let's talk a bit about a battle that certainly is not a new one. We know that over the course of many, many years now, there have been, for example, attempts to try and silence free expression, the exchange of thoughts on university and college campuses across the country, particularly as it relates to guest speakers coming in. And I'm thinking of people like um, Ann Coulter, uh, Milo, with a long last name, uh, others who perhaps controversial in some form or fashion in their own right, nevertheless, attempt to bring another viewpoint, another opinion. And my understanding about education was that this is an opportunity for children to grow and to be able to not only learn how to reason, but of course to present them with differing ideas so they can ultimately develop a worldview of their own. Well, how are you going to do that when they're only hearing one side of the story? You're absolutely correct, uh, Craig. You know, in the past, uh, our universities have always been more to the left. They've always been more liberal. Well, two things have happened, I would say, in the last 20 years. First, our, our universities and colleges have become more liberal and leftist than ever before, without a doubt. As far as if you look at the professors, the ratio of, of uh, conservative to liberal professors, for example, very, very biased, a lot of purging taking place. Uh, we even see it in the in the uh, in high schools now, and even in, uh, in public education, public schools. But what's really concerning is the fact that channels of expression on campuses uh, have been attacked, and uh, bringing in outside speakers, uh, et cetera, have been uh, attacked. In the past, that's sort of been a, just an understanding that it's okay to have different ideas and different viewpoints, even if you don't agree with someone might say, you'll die for the right to say it. Well. Now the attitude is, no, um, there's only one viewpoint or one perspective, the left perspective, and everything else must, everything else must be silenced or just, and or destroyed. Unfortunately, that is the mantra, uh, and, uh, and that's why you have even famous uh, liberals like uh, Alan Dershowitz uh, come out and say this is a huge threat to our constitutional rights and liberties. Um, you know, that, that's how bad things are getting and um, and we need to, to, to be aware of that. We need to also push for a reform uh, so that uh, universities and colleges uh, can't uh, simply engage in this without some kind of uh, reciprocity or ramifications. So this really goes beyond simply putting um, restrictions on outside speakers, for example, or uh, what, what students might be saying. You're suggesting that they're even beginning to essentially uh, censor professors and it, it always gets a little bit 
you know, dicey in this arena that, you know, you, you want professors and, and, and university instructors to focus on the facts and educating children and not necessarily promoting their own uh, personal political biases. Uh, however, again, we're trying to provide children with a rounded and balanced education. And so if suddenly and perhaps purposefully they are silencing professors who may want to bring in conservative thought, conservative ideas, all the while protecting and enshrining the liberal side of things, then that, that can be very problematic. Uh, yeah, it, it can be very, uh, very problematic. And, uh, you know, we we need to have, uh, I think one thing we need for, for sure is we need to have a greater transparency and disclosure of uh, exactly, uh, you know, how uh, leftists are universities in terms of their professors so at the very least, parents, the consumer, and the students can say, "Whoa, I don't want my child going to this uh, university, UCLA, if if 99.9 percent of their professors are are, are far left." Uh, I'm not saying that's the case. I'm just saying, you know, that. And then instead, they'll say, "Hey, here's another university over here, Biola, uh, or Cal Baptist, or something. Uh, they're much they're much more balanced than something, uh, you know, like like UCLA or Berkeley or something like that." I think transparency and information. So parents understand what exactly they're doing when they send their child to XYZ University and College. Uh, and then also, uh, even uh, this was something I know President Trump was trying to implement uh, or encouraged to be implemented, and that is uh, to, to try to, um, to uh, give incentives or encourage incentives or even, or even cutting federal funds for universities that uh, are keeping out thought and, and expression as well as uh, – deliberately not hiring any professors uh, that have a, a, a biblical, Christian, or otherwise non-leftist viewpoint. Yeah, there, there gets into territory of serious examples of not only the expressed intent to try and censor thought and expression of ideas, but I would imagine then there's, there's a bit of hiring bias related there, too, that may possibly arguably be uh, discriminatory in some fashion, wouldn't you think? <laughs> yes, it's, it's extremely discriminatory. Uh, when you have professors today uh, having to hide who they are and what they believe in order to get a job or to be, keep from losing their job, that's a problem. That's what we have. We have we're Pacific Justice. In fact, we're defending a professor, um, and he was fired after having tenure and being faculty of the year or twice you know, two years voted that by the students. Um, he was fired because he gave both perspectives on a, in a sociology class. Uh, so because of that, he was fired. They say, no, no, there's only one viewpoint, the, the far leftist viewpoint. And that was the diversity com committee, by the way, that fired him. You, <laughs> yeah, you love that, don't you? Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> so it's, uh, that's the kind of stuff we're dealing with. We're litigating that case. We're taking it up on We won at the lower court. The other side's appealing at the college. Marina Valley Community College is appealing it. Uh, but uh, this is a, a very, very problematic because if we don't have the exchange of ideas, then uh, we can be that's a very scary society. Um, and it's very, very similar to George Orwell's 1984. Um, and we've seen that with big tech already, the danger of how quickly the, that, that storyline of 1984 could become the reality of where we are today. 
Always important to be on guard when it comes to protecting freedom of speech in this country, to be sure. Brad Dake is constitutional lawyer, founder and president of the Pacific Justice Institute. More details on the web at pacificjustice.org. That's pacificjustice.org. 515 from KFAX, a look at traffic. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. The incoming administration certainly challenged by a number of major issues that we've been facing in this country for just about a year now. Both, of course, tied in to the COVID-19 pandemic, claiming more than 409,000 American lives, exceeding now the combat losses of World War One and World War Two. Shocking numbers. Along with that, of course, as we've seen the ensuing close down in businesses and all of the restrictions related to the impact on commerce, well, we've seen the economy battered and torn and bruised to many levels. So as the new administration comes in, they really have to face uh, dual enemies. One, the pandemic. Two, the impact of the pandemic on the economy. So what does the year ahead look like as we begin to see the rollout of the vaccine and are hopeful to be able to begin to get this horrific chapter of our history behind us? Um, Will we continue to see phenomenal numbers as we have so far on Wall Street? How do we make sense of the apparent disconnect between it and Main Street? And what of the talk of further stimulus packages to help individuals, families, and small businesses. With some insights, we're joined by financial advisor, retirement planning strategist, Pat Vitucci. Pat, of course, is the host of Don't Invest and Forget, heard several times on the weekends on our sister station, 1220 AM, the Bay Area's business leader, KDOW, Saturday mornings at 8 o'clock and on Monday evenings at 6 p.m. And uh, Pat, as always, a delight and an education to have you with us. Well, Craig, thanks for thanks for having me tonight. Hope hope you're well. Absolutely. Well, as we wish you, Pat, a, uh, a first time new year here on the program. Let's talk a bit about uh, kind of your uh, your look into uh, 2021. We've seen, of course, uh, uh, a different uh, a different and challenging change in leadership. Now, with the inauguration of Joe Biden yesterday, as I mentioned, he's got a lot on his plate coming into office, not least of which is the burden of trying to deal with the economy. We've seen um, stimulus packages put through. Um, Some are suggesting that even more needs to be done. And ironically enough, um, Biden's proposed Treasury Secretary, Janet Yellen, with experience of having been the head of the Federal Reserve Board, has got some unique insights. What what are your thoughts in relationship to just how much more stimulus will it take to get the economy back on track again? Yeah, it it is really a unique time in the history of our our country. I mean, clearly we haven't seen a a pandemic and all the commensurate uh, reactions and and issues but and then then sprinkle in a radical political change. The whole philosophy of President Trump versus President Biden is kind of mirror image opposites, and so we've got um, a real a real transition that we're going to see in the coming months here that really requires, in my view, 
a real careful drilling down and a recalibration of what you're investing in under a Trump administration uh, with the last year obviously being riddled with COVID and 400,000 plus deaths. It was a, it was a difficult year. What is 21 going to look like? And there's all kinds of projections from we'll be out of this by, you know, by next week to the opposite end of the extreme. We'll be out of this in 2023 or 2024. You and I both know, and our audience knows, you drive down Main Street of any any uh, town in the Bay Area, and there are significant closures, many of which are, are permanent. Their, their, their personal financial statements were devastated through all the machinations that these poor business folks had to jump through just to survive. And restaurants went out and bought uh, heaters, and they had to put, you know, take the parking lot and and redo that. So on top of uh, a fraction of the revenue, they had to go out and spend more. And then, of course, all that was shut was shut down. So I've never seen such a, such a disparage between Wall Street that seems to be screaming and Main Street, which is in deplorable shape. And that that will be reconciled at some point. Um, we're hoping, and President Biden talked about, 100 million vaccinations in the first 100 days. You know, there's a lot of momentum going into his first day with Operation Warp Speed that President Trump was pretty successful in executing. So if, if the vaccine is effective and if, if, if we do get to you know, 100 million, 200 million by March, April, May, June, uh, we could see a turnaround. And keep in mind, uh, Craig, there's a lot of pent-up demand. There's trillions of dollars in cash because mom and pop are not spending it going out and taking their families to dinner. They're, they're not going to Disneyland. They're not getting on planes. They're not staying in hotels. So there's a lot of cash on the sideline that is anxious to be spent because we love to go out and spend and buy stuff, right? And we love to, you know, go to, go to the movies and get pizza and all those fun things that we really kind of miss. So it, 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 it's kind of a kind of a potpourri of activity that we hope will begin to return to some level of normalcy, probably by mid-year is my guess. And then if all goes extremely well, you know, by the fall we'll be in much better shape. We'll be eating in restaurants and, you know, kids will be back in school hopefully soon. So it's, it's a mixed bag, but it really, I'm going to encourage our listeners, Craig, to look at their year-end statements and what industries are they participating in from 2020, and does it still make sense in 2021? We call that sector rotation, getting out of one sector, moving into a, another sector because of the favorability potentially of participating in, in this new, uh, new year of 2021. And certainly, as you allude to, Pat, there's been a lot of concern, and rightfully so, because of all of the doubt that we've seen, the sort of dark cloud hanging over the economy over the last many, many months, that perhaps folks have been reticent to uh, be too aggressive when it comes to investing, maybe even park some cash on the side for fear of what ha might happen in the markets. As we see, this disconnect between Wall Street and Main Street has been a, a significant one uh, in that, once again, we saw record-setting highs in all the indices throughout 2020, 
with a look into 2021 uh, for folks that are, you know, understanding that they you got to be you got to be in it to win it as they say but at the same token are still um optimistically cautious what do you recommend should they sit down with a a licensed advisor and be able to kind of unpack where their investment choices are today get a sense of how in line or maybe completely out of whack that is in relationship to their goals for retirement and then make any adjustments as necessary as we begin the new year yeah, I've never seen so much insecurity and uh, lack of confidence. If you're about to retire or you're already retired, we're getting lots of calls on people who say, look, I want a guarantee of income. I can't go on this roller coaster ride. My, I don't have the intestinal fortitude to, to tolerate you know, a loss. If we go through another loss in 2021 like we went through in 08 or 01 or even the March, April of 2020, the market dropped precipitously. So we're getting a lot of, a lot of calls regarding what we call a, kind of a, a guarantee income kind of a product where they'll guarantee 5 or even 6% guarantee income for the rest of your life. Compare that to a, to a CD, Craig, that's getting maybe 1% or 2% top. If lucky. So hey, yeah. you know, you know, a lot of good guarantee income products out there that gives retirees or future retirees a real sense of, I can get a good night's sleep, because despite what the market does, I'll participate on the upside, but not on the downside. Meanwhile, I get a 5 or a 6% income guarantee. And certainly, Pat, as you denote, for folks that are getting close to retirement, uh, that sense of protecting all that hard work, that nest egg that's been built up over the years becomes more and more of a priority. Now, if you'd like to get more information, maybe you've kind of gone at this alone. And as you're recognizing the layers of complexity, we may have changes to the law in relationship to taxes coming up. Uh, All of this suggesting that getting at least a second opinion is probably a smart thing to do. You want to find out more? Pat Fatucci, of course, offers a complimentary retirement plan review. You can do it in any of the Bay Area offices of Vitucci and Associates, or you can even do it by phone or uh, online if you would prefer. And to schedule that appointment, never any cost or obligation, simply go to Pat's website, which is don'tinvestandforget.com. That's don'tinvestandforget.com. Or you can call toll-free for more information. Got a question? Or again, if you just want to schedule a complimentary financial health and retirement strategy review meeting with Pat or one of the members of the Vitucci and Associates advisory team, call them toll-free at 888-PLAN-WISE, 888-P-L-A-N-W-I-S-E, or don't invest and forget.com. Pat, thanks so much for the update. It's Pat Vitucci with don't invest and forget.com. 531 from KFAX. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. As I mentioned at the start of tonight's program, we are marking a tragic anniversary tomorrow. And you say, Craig, well, if it's tragic, why do we why do we mark it? Well, we mark it to be mindful of the tremendous impact that it's had on our nation down through the last 48 years and look with a sense of hope the years ahead that um, 
the impact of this might somehow uh, find a way in which we can finally, mercifully, bring it to an end. I'm talking, of course, about the 1973 Roe v. Wade and Companion Doe v. Bolton decisions making abortion legal in America. 48th anniversary of the issuance of those two joint Supreme Court decisions is tomorrow, Friday. And to mark the anniversary of this event, there is a um, special gathering that will take place at Oakland City Hall at noon. And here to tell us more about the rally in March is dear friend, Reverend Walter Hoy, founder and president of Issues for Life Foundation. And Reverend Hoy, always good to have you with us. Greg, how are you doing? Doing well, brother. Sorry we can't be together in person, but, uh, you know, the COVID situation and all of that. But uh, uh, certainly looking forward to uh, this important gathering tomorrow um, where you're going to have, I understand, a number of outstanding speakers and special music to help really bring a sense of focus and understanding to this topic, especially so as it has most sadly, tragically, predominantly hit the African-American community for all of these 48 years. Oh, absolutely right. Uh, when, I, when I take a look at the, the most current data, uh, I, I realize that in the black American community, our abortion rate is disproportionately high. And when I look at the results of that, I, I have to be stunned. I, I just can't get over it. We're literally below the total fertility rate for the replacement level. And what I mean by that real quick is that you got to have at least 2.1 child per woman in order to just replace your demographic. And at this point, black America is looking at a 1.7 total fertility rate, which is just horrifying to me. You know, and what's shocking about that, we've heard so much talk over the, the last many days here, particularly yesterday with the, the inauguration. We now have a new president, a new vice president, the first woman in history, uh, the first black vice president in history who also has a South Asian background and uh, much celebration in terms of the, the way in which this marks advancement. And yet, sadly, tragically, you have to wonder how much faster, perhaps, something like that might have happened. Or maybe how different America today, in a positive sense, would look if it hadn't been for the fact that such an overwhelming, disproportionate percentage of black children had been aborted in America. And when you begin to really break down those numbers, uh, there's, I I think, no no other way to describe it than to almost name this a modern-day genocide. Oh, there's no question about that, and I, I wish I could say that this this is sort of a, a new strategy. It's not. We can see genocide. We we can see birth control efforts from uh, those that are in power as far back as Exodus chapter one. So um, it, it's not new, but at the same time, oh my goodness, it needs to stop. And so we need to continue to stand up and speak boldly and clearly in the public square. And certainly bringing awareness and education is is uh, pivotal at many layers. You're going to be doing just that, as I mentioned, tomorrow, Friday, beginning at 12 noon. It'll run for two hours from noon until 2 p.m. there at the Franco Gawa Plaza in front of Oakland City Hall. Tell us a bit more about the event and some of the very special speakers that you've invited. Oh, my goodness. This is our 14th 
annual event, and we're just so excited to to have it. It's, it's exactly where you said it was, Oakland City Hall, Agawa Plaza, and we'll start at noon, and we're going to have uh, a, a sister. She's going to open us up with song, and she's going to share just a bit about her abortion testimony. And I tell you, that's, it's just heartbreaking. But I love the gift God has given her through her voice. So she's going to be standing boldly with us there, opening up the song. For the first time, Craig, I'm going to actually say something. Normally I'm just there facilitating, uh, making sure everything goes the way it's supposed to. But this year I'm going to actually talk. And so right after uh, we hear this beautiful voice saying from Jocelyn, we're going to be um, uh, listening to me talk for the first time. And then it just gets even better. We have a Messianic church bringing a couple of people down to sing a cappella. I'm just so excited to have this relationship with this church. And then Pastor Bruce Rivers is going to close us out with the final words. So we're, we're looking forward to a really fantastic gathering, fantastic event. And, uh, of course, uh, a gentleman who's been a guest on this program many times down through the years, the founder of BlackGenocide.org and senior pastor at uh, New Calvary Baptist Church, Back in uh, New Jersey, Dr. Clenard Childress, Jr., I understand, is also going to be speaking. Uh, he'll be speaking on Saturday. It just so happens oh. that this year uh, he's going to be at the Walk for Life, and he's got a walk on Friday. I don't know how he's going to do it, but he's got a walk in New Jersey, <laughs> right where you said he was. Oh, no kidding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I Well, that's be, that's going to be quite the airplane ride turnaround to go from one coast to another, but God bless him. He's passionate about what he what he stands for and if anybody can pull that off, Dr. Uh, Childress certainly can. Uh final question for you, uh Reverend Hoy, for folks that want to participate in this, uh maybe it's not too late for them to take a little time off of work or if they're uh, working at home because of the COVID situation, they can carve out some time to join folks there. In Oakland again, it'll be tomorrow, Friday. That's January the twenty-second, beginning at twelve noon. And if they want to get more information about the event, where can we direct them? Oh, thank you so much, Craig. They can go to our website, and that's issues, and it's plural issues, the number four life dot org, and just click on events right at the top, and you'll see rally walk, and there you are. Click on that, and all the information you need will be right there. And again, that's issues, the number four, life.org, issues4life.org. No uh, reservations, no cost to participate in the event. It'd be just a good time to come out, um, enjoy the speakers, and of course, um, show support and help raise awareness for this ongoing, well, we said the word genocide that has been impacting the African-American community for 48 years now. We'll we'll get Reverend Hoy back on the program here uh, soon to talk more about details related to uh, what's going on statistically and how you can get more involved in stemming the tide of this tragedy. Again, information regarding tomorrow's special rally there at City Hall in Oakland at Franco Gawa Plaza. That's at n- from noon until 2 p.m. on the web. You'll find details at issues the number four life.org. That's issues four life.org. 
Our thanks to Reverend Walter Hoy, founder and president of Issues for Life Foundation, for that update. And uh, hope you make an effort to uh, be there, participate, and to help raise awareness and get educated as well. All right, at 544, uh, we're going to take a time out here, get you updated on some traffic right now. <laughs> 